to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast. We're here again to go deep into another Prince album review today, tonight, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world listening to the show. We're going to talk about Crystal Ball. Now, we did a Crystal Ball show and we focused on material that was recorded in the 1980s era. And this time, this is Crystal Ball show number two. We're going to talk about the 90s material. Mainly, if not all of the tracks were recorded around the 93 to 96 period. So it covers about three years worth of work by Prince and primarily the NPG. And joining me on the show is the Peach and Black panel. So let's introduce them. Toe Jam. Oh, let me see your papers. Are you alright? Player. It's the Bone Ranger. (laughs) And Captain. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> very, very good. And it's me, MC, and we're happy to have you back listening to um, this episode of the Peach and Black Podcast. And we're going to go straight into it. Like I said, we're talking about material recorded in the 1990s, a really intriguing part of Prince's career. And, you know, this material was never released at the time. It only came out in 1998, obviously on the Crystal Ball Project. And um, well, look, we're going to talk about the music as always. Before we do, I'll just make one quick comment, and I just want to give it up for, for this MPG band, because I was listening to this stuff all week last week before we, you know, before I get together today, and, and I just, for some reason, forgot, and I know it sounds crazy to say this, how How could you tight. ever forget? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know what I, it's just, these guys were so tight back then, I mean... I know we're about to get into this, but I can't, I can't, can't resist to just throw a real big shout out to Michael B, Sonny T, and Tommy B. Nuts. And, mi- and Mr. Hayes. Mr. Yeah, and Mr. Hayes. How could I forget that either? And of course, Prince, but real interesting stuff. So, real quick, a big shout out to the MPG band of the 90s era. And with that said, Best let's Prince go. Band s- ever. Let's go straight into the music. We're going to start chronologically with this at number one. Track one Ooh. is. Interactive. Big opening to, to this album review, guys. And I'm going to take it to Captain on this. What are your thoughts on the opening song, Interactive? Interactive. Straight from one of the best Prince eras that exists. Now, this was first released on the Interactive computer game in 1994, which I got. Because somebody went to America, and I didn't even know it existed, but they brought it back from America just after it came out, and it blew my mind when I played that game. Because I didn't even know it existed. This was, you know, there was barely internet in 1994, and to get that game, oh, unbelievable. Anyway, that's, this is, that's, our, that's the game. This is the song. Just the main riff of this. It's just a great riff. It's not that tricky. It's not that hard to play. It's just funky, but, you know, 
No one else came up with it before him, so there you go. He did. Oh, I like this song. It's one of the great Prince era tracks with the best Prince band, I think. He really pushes his voice at some parts in this song, his normal voice. And uh, he really pushes that in a few spots, and that's great. The guitar solo is well-crafted. It's just, it's everything's in the right place. This is a great song, and it's great. Okay, Captain says it's great. Player, what do you think about this? I think it's great too. This should have been on the God Experience. This should yes. have opened the disc, remove We March, and put this on. But I agree with Captain. It's a pretty simple song on the surface, but it's it's so effective. I love how the guitar and bass interplay with each other. I remember seeing this on the Beautiful Experience TV special, and I just thought at the time that his sound was evolving and just taking new directions, even though the song itself isn't that groundbreaking. But I, I remember just thought, that video, oh, yeah. and he was in yeah. like the studio wearing the big hat. A big hat, yeah. Play, playing the cymbal guitar. Oh, that was excellent. Yeah. And I just thought, like, yeah, like, he's, like, moving into new directions and stuff. I just thought it was, like, the next level and stuff. It's really cool. I really like this track. It's simple but effective. Well, Short and pl- sweet. Player, you mentioned that this, you, you wish this replaced the We March on the Gold Experience, and mainly because it's such a strong track, uh, whereas... We March is, you know, there's some really cool social and political commentary, and it, and it's it's cool for what it is. This fits that rock element that Prince was going with in the in the early to mid '90s, and it's it is a it is a gold experience quality track, you know, and it's got that fantastic guitar solo, high energy, gutsy jam, Prince wailing on the guitar and on the vocals as well, and you have got these really cool background vocals which remind not remind me, but they the background vocals in the song interactive sound very much like the background vocals that Third Eye Girl do. Like If you listen to that song really closely, it's almost as if Donna and Hannah and Eda are... You know, th- they could be the background vocalists on that song. There's just something really eerie um, and uncanny about about that part of the track. And again, not to, not to mention Third Eye Girl too often in this review, but I think they would really kill this track live, uh, live and in the studio, you know? So if Prince wants to open the new, uh, the impending album with with a song by Third Eye Girl, a song, sorry, a song performed by Third Eye Girl, then uh, Interactive would be my choice uh, from this material. Oh, uh, Toe Jam. This, that's to- going to be the first song of the, the next Sydney after show. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say of the next, the, the 2014 tour. So let's see, let's see what happens. If that happens, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Toe Jam, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's a very strong track. I think the only reason it didn't make the gold experience is that it is pretty similar to Endorphin Machine. And I reckon if you had them both on the album, it could be, you know, they're pretty similar. But then 1999 has songs that are similar, so maybe it would, maybe it would work. You know, that you could uh, just say, that's, that could be, you know, you've got Now and Days of Wild as well. And Days yeah. of Wild didn't make it, which yeah. was, should have been the other way around, but <laughs> very similar songs. But, um, the first thing I've written here is this song is just loud, like on the CD. And we've talked about this last time we did it. Like, the Crystal Ball disc, the songs are so loud. And this one even more so, I think. And it's like, it's one of the songs that when it comes up on your iPod on shuffle, it just, it blows your head off for a second. You're like, ah, I've got to turn it down. <laughs> Does anyone else have that? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So every time I think of the song, that's what I think of. Those sudden surprises of noise blasting in my ears. Yeah, some of these 90s tracks, they're mastered, like, even louder than the 80s tracks for some reason. And it's... You know, to the point of distortion on a few of them, it's really annoying, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, I had what Captain had. There's great bass movement in the verses, that do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's cool. 
And I think, as Captain said as well, I think the lead into the guitar solo, it's, it's only like a three or four second bit where he sings, you know, the strings on this guitar, ain't that a bitch? And then there's the... Oh, yeah. All the vocals go, ooh, and then the guitar solo comes in with the same notes as the vocals. Like, just like a few seconds, but it's just brilliantly put together, that bit. Uh, you've got the hospital beeper, beep, 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 sort of goes through it. And again, the lyrics are kind of interesting in that, you know, he's talking about the modern music industry and that, oh, okay, it's time we need to start going interactive, you know, becoming independent artists, going online, this kind of thing. But of course, Prince, he turns it all into a pun, a sexual pun as well. You know, uh, we're going to get interactive. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a great double play on the words, the way you can read it both ways. Uh, and I love the bubbly synth sounds that sort of swell up in the second and third verse i think it is really cool you know all these sort of computer sounds that are going on in the background that's cool uh yeah so it's a great track you know what's really cool i never even never did an end to my brain but he says ain't that a bitch which he mightn't have said since like you know 1987 you know how often did he say uh, he was he was i think the 93 95 era that was his peak cussing period <laughs> yeah but this was right at the start of it though yeah and, you know, he'd said Ain't That a Bitch way earlier in his career, but I don't think he said it through 88, 90, 91. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. I, that I noticed. That was his cussing peak period, man. Yeah, that's why it was the best Prince era ever. <laughs> <laughs> because there was no filter. There was no, you know, in his head, he's not, you know, restricting himself from saying exactly what he wants to, to do. He just did whatever came out of his mouth. Yep. And now, you know, it's, there's a conscious effort, and there has been at other times, that he's consciously restricting what he wants know, to exactly. do. Well, yeah, and uh, this was the, the famous era of, of the, you know, the slave um, word across the face and, you know, the, the symbol of the name and all that kind of stuff. So it was a pretty crazy time. Speaking of names, that takes us straight into track number two, which is, of course, What's My Name? And uh, what a back-to-back opening, ladies and gentlemen. Player, what are your thoughts on What's My Name? Yeah, this is a cool track. Some nice solo work here on all three fronts. Prince, uh, Sonny T, Michael B. All it really consists of in the verses is just really a shaker and some organ stabs. And they've got this like bell or triangle sound buried way back in the background of the mix. And it just periodically comes up here and there. And then, and then you've got the chaos in the so-called chorus section. It reminds me a bit of some of the Public Enemy stuff, like the Bomb Squad production stuff with the um, sirens and everything going on. But this, this pumps this track. I mean, you can really get your aggression out on this one. Like it's... It's really, really um, in your face, like when it gets into those chorus parts. It's um, really, really cool track. I, I like it. I really like this track. All right. Tajam, what are your thoughts on What's My Name? I think this is my favorite track of the 90s material on this disc. It's wow. a great track. Yeah. It's really? killer. Yeah. Awesome. I just love the, the vibe of it. It's so sort of angry, yeah. but it's so positive as well, which is this cool mix. Uh, I love that just soft organ in the background going, da, 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 you know, sort of builds this tension and it's just the, the play on the dynamics you know this real soft section and he's just sort of whispering this kind of scowl and then it's just the bass comes in and the snare comes in and it's just bang here we go smashing it and there's a shaker through it I like the shaker nice little effect but yeah I mean you know, I've just got bass that's, that's all I say the bass is just amazing 
And like I said, it starts off and you think, oh, this is a song, he's angry. But at the end, it's like he sort of turns it and says, you know, sort of the implication being, you know, you are what you do kind of thing. So do you love or do you hate? So it doesn't matter what your name is, provided you're... You're loving people. Are you living for love? That's the main thing. And then so when that last bit comes in, it's like suddenly that angst, big bashing, crashing noise suddenly sounds positive, uh, which is cool. It's so simple though as well. Like just the idea of the song is so simple. The execution is brilliant. And there's just so much uh, intention behind the song. Um, and I don't have much more to say about it, but it's just, it's just brilliant. It's badass, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is definitely badass. That's, I made... um. Years ago, I made like a, a, a disc, a single disc of all this material, and, and I called it I called the disc "What's My Name," and this was the opening track, and it's a great opening for all of this sort of mid '90s rock material. It's it's real cool. I mean, the bass and drums are the highlights; they steal the show. It's got this interesting soft and loud change up dichotomy. Really cool movement within the track. His voice sounds as cool as ever, and those drums, man. <laughs> I was yeah. listening to it in the car earlier, and Oh, man, it rattled the doors, you know. I thought I was driving over the train tracks. It was just really, really cool, cool, very visceral-sounding song. I love it. Captain, what are your thoughts? What can, what else can you say about this song? There's vocals. It's, it's a, a three-minute drum and bass solo. That's about it. It's just a, it's a mental track, really. And I, I, it always, I always thought, just for some reason, that it was Prince playing bass. But it's Sunny T. I just assumed that it was Prince for some reason. Uh, Michael B is a monster on the drums as usual. And this track never performed live until 2011, 18 years after wow. it was recorded. He'd, he'd like spoken some of the lyrics around 93 at a few shows, I think, but played like in full 2011 somewhere. I like it. I don't, I don't think I like it as much as you guys do. I like the... Like MC said, it, it, it's badass. But see, what other Prince era can you really say that about except 93, 94, 95? It, I would that, say... That, that term, mostly, out of all his career, it's the most applicable in this era. I'd say 80 to... 80... 80 to 87? Still pretty badass. You think Dirty Mind and Controversy and... You know, even I'm thinking, per- I'm thinking controversy ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that was okay. Okay, yeah, rude boy. But this is yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a different badass, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's badass too. It is. It's um, <laughs> badass returns. The return. <laughs> that would be such a good the album. That would be such a good album name for the Third Eye Girl project, don't you think? Badass, badass returns. returns. And it's yeah. just full of swearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Love Sixty Euro. That was all us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the MTV Awards show was all ass as well. That was a different kind of thing. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so two, uh, it's, it's almost like a unanimous vote here um, of two positivity. For, two for two. Two for two so far. Well, let's go into track number three and see if we can break the spell. It is the name of a place. It is, of course, Calhoun Square. And uh, I'll just lead off real, real quick on this. The first time I... I mean, I always liked this song, but I kind of slept on it a little bit. Especially, you know, with the fact that it's on a on a compilation album, uh, Crystal Ball. But when I heard this live at uh, North Sea in 2011, it blew my mind. I can't believe he pulled that out. And, you know, it's just such a surprising thing to hear. And um, it just was nuts. So that's all I really remember. And And the key thing about this track is the beat and the rhythm. It's... 
It's just cool personified, you know. You just want to sit down and listen to it, listen to the guys jam. The whole band band just sounds like they're having a good time, and it's just really cool track. With that, we will go to Toe Jam. It's a good, solid 93 song. I wouldn't put it up there as the greatest, but it's pretty good for what it is. The first thing I've got here is there's an excellent cowbell in the mix. It's mixed really well. <laughs> it's, it's there, and I only just noticed it today. And I thought, wow, I must have listened to this song many times over the years, and I've only just noticed that there's cowbell. So that, that's well mixed, if that's the case. I like the little spoken intro, you know, where he's talking to the band rehearsing. It's sort of... Yeah. Listen to it's the so, drummer. Yeah, and so suddenly you're, at, you're in Paisley Park or wherever it is. You're at um, the rehearsal. Yeah, and, and it just it gives you that instant feeling. There's a great pre-chorus instrumental bit, that... That's cool, that bit. Uh, it sounds to me like it's basically a band recording, but it sounds like the clav's been overdubbed, and I reckon Prince has overdubbed the clav. It's kind of similar to What's My Name, and that it's got the sort of soft section and the loud section, and they just sort of rotate between them. At 4.22, you've got the, the big vocal coming in with Pal, Horn, Square, which is it's kind of similar to the cross, the way you have this big multi-layered vocal coming in over the top towards the end of a big rock song. So so that's what I like about some of these songs. Is you, or this is just Prince's music in general. It's, you know, you hear these things and you think, oh, that's kind of what he did, you know, 10 years before this. And so it's sort of like he's got a wealth of ideas, but sometimes they're sort of reused, but reused in a new way, in a different way, which is kind of cool. Uh, so so think- we compare a song like The Cross to a song named after a shopping mall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With the link being, you know, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great rocking '93 classic MPG sound song. All right, Captain, give us your uh, take on this. I think you could play me absolutely any track from the MPG, and I'm gonna say it's great because they they're all great. But this is another track from my favorite era: Michael B, Sunny T, Tommy Barbarella, Mr Hayes, and Prince doing what they do best. This was recorded the very next day after The Undertaker video was filmed. And it fits in very well with those tracks, I think. But this seems a bit more filled out with the extra keyboards, which exactly what ToeJam said, I think it's overdubbed as well. But this song, it's just a funky riff. It's got the funky keyboards. I would love to hear this live. Again, when he comes back to Australia, this can be on the set list for the after show. Not at the Ivy, I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> basement, basement will be good. After the main show at the Opera House, after show at the basement, Calhoun Square, interactive, I'll be there. <laughs> he can he can change the name of the song by the end of it by the end of it to Ribby Place. Yeah. <laughs> Ribby Place, Ribby Place, Ribby Place, <laughs> which is where the basement is located. Well, All just right. down the street is um, Australia Square. Very That's close. true. <laughs> <laughs> Player, Calhoun Square. Yeah, I agree. This is groovy. Um, I don't really have a lot of adjectives to review this track. I like it and I respect it. I don't spin it that much, but I guess my favorite part is the turnaround section. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool track. It's very much up the Third Eye Girl alley, I think. And I think, like you guys said, if um if they're going to bring it out and if those guys are going to tour, like this this would be ideal for them to um to use. I think it's 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 cool. I like it. Can it be with with three from three? <laughs> leave it. All right, let's go into track number four. And uh, we're gonna go four for four now. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> The track. And then we're going to go five for five and six for six. <laughs> um, Don't spoil well, the show. Am, you never, never anyway. know. You never, never know. All right. Uh, acknowledge me. Take it away, Captain. Oh, classic track. How this was not on the gold experience, I do not understand. It was recorded at the same time as 
most of those other gold classics, and somehow this one slipped through the cracks and didn't get on there. And after it didn't get on Gold Experience, he was going to put it on Exodus, and then that didn't happen either. But this song, oh, this is just, I mean, I suppose you could call it, you know, of that era, it's an R&B track, which I don't particularly like, but this is great. There's this huge, deep bass on this track, and it just sounds excellent. I still remember seeing this on, on um, was it Soul Train? Mm. I remember seeing that and him and Maite. It was all lip sync, but it was just so cool to see it back in the olden days. Uh, great chorus. It's a great hook. The rap. The rap. There's rap, and it's good. The rap. There's a rap from 2.30 to 3.08. His flow is spot on. It could not get any better than that. That's one of his most successful raps, I think. It is, it's perfect. It's just, it's a great track anyway. And then there's another rap, 414 to 510. That's another great rap. I love it. It's one of the best songs on this entire album, on the Crystal Ball 3 CD. This is in the top five. Even top three, maybe. <laughs> it is wow. great. It wow, is you're really great. going to town on this, aren't you? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I don't know what it, I can't pinpoint what it is. It's, you know, it's my favorite era. It's my favorite band. And he's doing a rap. So straight away, it's got to be great. Okay, okay. Well, look, I like the song in parts. I'm not a huge fan of it, though. To me, this is Prince's version of New Jack Swing, pretty much, you know, and he does a good good job, a good version. But um, look, if I was putting together a 10-track compilation of uh, the best 90s material on the, from the Crystal Ball Project, this one wouldn't be on it. So, um, that's what I'll say. Play, I'll take it away. Oh, get out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being honest. Um, I think it's an awesome track, too. The the beat's banging. It reminds me of a little bit of a get-off. The musical elements are mainly made up of loops, though. That synth sound that's in it is sick. Like, even in the the lead-up to the chorus, how it's just going, um, just sort of going up and down. It's going, I don't know how to sort of, um vocalize it but it's really cool um the lyrics are great too very playful very direct and a real highlight of prince's lyrical ability i think i agree with captain this is another gem from this era it's it's really um it's really strong track i think talking about lyrics how about titty swinging like a door that is the, <laughs> one of the best lyrics you've ever written <laughs> never thank noticed the that lord. one thank the that. lord <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say that player mentioned the loop Loop is a loop is a loop, and and I think that kind of um the drum loop to me uh, it doesn't do it. I reckon if it was a live drum track, it'd be so much better. Uh, but anyway, with that, we take it away to Toe Jam. Well, I'm I'm going three for three here, or are we have was it four, four or four? Four. Yeah. Uh, I like this song, and I think on the disc as well. If this is track three, isn't it? There's Crystal Ball, Dream Factory, then this, and I think they're a killer three opening. It's good. Bonnie Boyer opening up the vocals. I love the synth talk as well. I love the big layered vocal chorus. Love Prince's layered vocal choruses. They're always banging. Uh, it sounds like Eric Leeds on the tenor. Anyone else reckon that's the case? You know, the line that's... In, that, 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 uh, sounds very Eric Leeds to me. Possibly, yeah. Could, might not be. Uh, I like the little reference to Kiss as well. Kind of doing that, that little bit in the song where he goes, Kiss. Really famous bit. So he turns oh, it around. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, now it's not a good thing. It's like I'm, you know, kissing your ass to get lost kind of thing. I like, I like the pre-chorus again. I've got that for a lot of these songs. Maybe it's just me noticing it, but there's some really cool pre-choruses. Um, the octave happening in the synth. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And, and it's just real... I, I really like the loop. I'm not a big fan of loop songs, but the loop in this is really cool. I love... Throughout the song, there's like this... It sounds like a sample of like kids going, hey, hey. And it's like he just plays around with that, and sometimes it's really pitched low, and sometimes it's pitched high. 
and you get this hey 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 and that's this really cool effect nice little bit of reverb on it sounds really cool so there's really interesting bits in this song uh i don't really listen to the lyrics too much in this one but i might have to after Catherine, captain's oh. reference <laughs> the lyrics are excellent i mean it's yeah, the, yeah the rap the rap is pretty good i have to admit i don't remember them like right now but when i'm listening to it i listen to the lyrics and i'm just every time i hear it i'm like damn that's good mm. and yeah, and let's not and let's not forget the ultimate tease in this song right at the end as it's fading out it has the um welcome yeah. welcome and like, oh, because you know he would have been listening to all these tracks when putting this disc together. And I reckon he's heard that and thought, I know what I'll do. I'll put that on there as a tease because I know everyone <laughs> wants to hear all my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it actually kind of suits the song as well, I think. And that's a really funky bit, the instrumental as that's happening. But yeah, it's a cool song. All right, all right. It's the bass in this too. Oh. <laughs> so, some would say we're three from three. Some would say we're three from four. four some would four. say we're four from four. Mm. Who knows anymore? With that, we're on to track number five. And uh, I'm I'm grinning it already. It is of course hide the bone. Player, start us off on this. This bumps. This bumps hard. I just thought it was oh hum at the time, but re-listening for this review, I was really getting into it. I really like the sound of the drums with the clap, snap sound on the um, snare. I think that's a real highlight. And the guitar strumming on this is really nice too, really nicely recorded. And this is a song like what Captain's saying is um, where he pushes his vocal. So um, I think Captain should like this song if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> All right, Captain. Okay, this song is a tie with one other song on this entire set for being the best track on this whole album. Ooh. This is unbelievable. I I can't even say in words how great this is. I'm just going to babble for the next couple of minutes and try and understand me. Uh, I like I love the background vocals come in the second verse. There's it's really good from 157 to 217, and then again at 325 to 345 those bits. And there's this also there's this cool sustained synth note during that part. It's just really funky. Uh, then the keyboards come in and it's funky. And the player said the guitar it's recorded. I mean, it's the simplest guitar riff, but it's so clean and it sounds so good. And from the start of the show, one of my favorite samples he used is that woman going, Oh yeah, oh yeah! It's excellent. I love that. I say that all the time. <laughs> I say it all the time. And I even type it to people, even, like, like they can hear it. But I know what it means. But oh, the guitar's too funky. Uh, it's just a simple riff, but he doesn't put stuff like this on albums that much. You know, that's that's stuff for an extended jam or an after show or something, but he put it on here. But as usual, with a song that I love so much, there has to be something wrong with it, and Toe Jam's already brought it up. There's this... It's been ruined by just blasting it during the mastering to the point of distortion, which is very sad for such an excellent song. If this was just... Just turn the volume down just a little bit, it would be better. But it's um as much as I like this song, every time I listen to it, I'm like, God damn it, why did they do that? It's so annoying. This is one of my favorite top two tracks on this album. And it suffers from that. Whoever mastered this, I just want to smack them. I don't know who it was, but they're going to get a smack if I ever meet them. <laughs> because they, they, they ruined this song and many others on this whole set. If you're out there, let me see oh, you dance. Yeah, you're going to get it. 
You're going to get it. Even if it's Prince, I don't care. Smack in the face. He deserves it for, for ruining that. But it's still such an awesome track, regardless. Oh, it is, it is. It's excellent. It's the best yeah. track. Yeah. But just every time I hear it, I hear this distortion. It's only, it's the, it's just slight, but it's so obvious to me. I don't know. If, some people probably might not even notice, but... They may not. They, they will now after listening to your review, though. I've I'm ruined sure. it for everyone. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, toe Jam. Yeah, I like the song. I think I'm starting to wind down a bit after the first four songs uh, that we've reviewed. Uh, I like the... It, it's it's pretty playful. It's pretty jokey. I like the bit at 202 where he's like, I can't even... I've, written, I've tried to write down the syllables, but it's like, chick at the point, but that was what? Yeah. Something like that. That's a cool bit. <laughs> I like that there's this weird vocal effect that happens at one point. It's like he overdubs all of these, ha, hua, ha. You know the bit I'm talking about? Please say you do. No, but that, that sounded like some really like cheap <laughs> it, 70s Hong Kong movie, like Hong Kong kung fu movie. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan, Chuck, Chuck, Chaka Khan. It's like all of these little Chuck, Chuck, ha, ha, ha sort of sounds. Um, there's a nice mix of electric piano and the organ, classic Tommy B and, my, and um, Mr. Mr. Hayes. Yeah. A good pre-chorus again. Uh, I like in the third verse, there's the third chorus, uh, you get all of these really deep synthy sounds going, just going all crazy. Never noticed that before until listening to it today. Yeah, it kind of goes, plods on a bit towards the end, I think, with all that barn, barn. Bone. Like, yeah, I, I could do with that. I think it, doesn't it stop at one bit? It stops yeah. about a minute before it finishes. And, you know, I would have been happy to edit it there and be done with it then, but it keeps going. So yeah, it's pretty playful. I couldn't, Say it deserves to be on like the Gold Experience or even Emancipation, so it's probably okay where it is uh, on a compilation disc of outtakes. So it's a good song for what it is. You wouldn't have preferred this over <laughs> like We March or, or Acknowledge uh, Me, perhaps. I mean, well, as or I said, Emancipation. Shy, shy. No, shy is a great song. Come on. Well, I'd prefer this. I don't. I think it'd be all right on there, but I don't think it would add anything to the album. Well, I can't believe you wound down so quick after the first four tracks. This is unreal. That's right. I mean, this is really That's unreal. Good. Good. <laughs> Tell me about this, it. This is an unbelievably awesome track. It's funny. You know, it's descriptive of the, this horny guy and a teasing gal. And, you know, it's incredibly thick snare and bass drum that complement the lyrics. And, and they're just a manic delivery on Prince's part. He just is losing his stuff vocally. Thick, thick bass, like I said. And, um, you know, everything's real rough, raw and... and uh, not rough sounding, but kind of raw sounding, as if it was recorded in a really high spirited studio environment, and everyone sounds like they're just having so much fun. And this is a song out of you know four or five hundred released Prince tracks that every time it comes on, I just start cracking up and I get into it, and my head's bobbing, and everything is just you know on full. And and it's I've got an ear to ear grin, like I said earlier. I love this song. It's just so playful. And um, hilarious. And MPG band are just on point. Those guys create such a big sound. As usual. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like Captain said, it might be mastered. Uh, it could be mastered better. But the, 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 the song is so good that nothing can really ruin it for me. So uh, I'll leave it there. Wow. Five songs in. Not bad material for, a, for an outtakes project. We're up to track number six. Still from 1993, it is entitled Strays of the World. Six to six. Okay. Captain, take it away. This is one of my absolute favorite Prince songs ever. So there you go. This is 
one of the, the perfect songs out of every song that I've ever heard that he's done. From start to finish, it is just amazingly excellent. It has everything a great Prince song should have. It's got Michael B and Sonny T and Tommy Barbarella and Mr. Hayes for a start. It's got Claire Fisher orchestration. It's got great vocals. It's got great backing vocals. It's got great guitar solos. It is just an epic monster track. From the first guitar solo, 130 to 204, and then you've got Sonny's great bass lines. This song is just huge. I think in the, the little booklet it said, originally written for a Broadway musical or something. And I don't hear it that way myself, but I, I can imagine a lot of people would hear it that way. Especially after reading that line. That's what you're going to think. This is greatest, greatest track. I love the high falsetto note he hits at 2.30. And then 2.35, there's this monster guitar squeal as he just gets ready to blow back your head off again. And then 2.47, it all comes back. And it's all warm and fuzzy. And I, I, I love it so much. I can't say it anymore. Uh, it's a bloody great song. And then when you think it's all over... Big reprise, more guitar solos, and even double time with the drums and absolute scream your head off guitar solos. The best thing ever, 417 to 440, it is just the, the best sound that ever went in my ear holes. The, <laughs> the outro, the, the outro as well, you could go straight into Dolphin. It's got the same sounds, those like Dolphin-y sounds. This is an excellent track for air guitar, but even better, air drumming. This song, unbelievable. If you aren't sweating when this track is over, you didn't do it right. You have, to, you have to go back and listen again. And I listened to this at least probably seven times this afternoon when I was writing my notes, and I sweated like a bucket load. Because I, I, I typed two things, and then I just, it's air drums, air drums, uh, air drums. That's it. Unbelievable. One of his best songs ever. Well, no, wait a second. I've got to bring you back into, into the circle there. You didn't mean that last comment, obviously. I think you're high on your own supply, Captain. What are you talking about? <laughs> one of his best songs ever? Yes. Strays of the World? I said that before. It's one of my absolute favorite Prince songs ever. Wow. This, for uh, me, this, uh, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I get to meet all sorts in this line of work. Top, top five. <laughs> top five Prince songs ever. <laughs> this is one of them. <laughs> this is better than If I Was Your Girlfriend. Uh, this is better than... Have you been than, mixing your vodka with your Red Bull again, Captain? <laughs> this is better than... What's some other song that everyone likes and I don't? <laughs> oh, something crazy like Crystal Ball or Endorphin Machine. Go on, say it. No, no, not Endorphin Machine. Okay. <laughs> no, this song, unbelievable. Well, I won't six go... Six six, go. <laughs> I won't go polar opposite. I won't deliver a polar opposite review, but... Okay, it's it's an epic track in more ways than one, and, you, you know, the liner notes attribute this to a, potentially a musical project or Broadway musical... You know, the movie theme is there. It's it's there in the melody and in the arrangement and there's a nice sound. I like the I like the whole approach of attempting to record something really kind of grandiose and, and I think he succeeds. It is a good song, it's well constructed and it, it does again have like a visceral feeling. What's my name had that, but it was more kind of gritty. This has it in a more polished, sophisticated orchestral way. But it's still kind of Claire visceral, and it, yeah, it hits. Yeah, exactly. You can't argue with Claire, and it, it is a strong song on this release, and uh, it, it just sticks out a little bit like a sore thumb because of the songs before it and after it. You know, it just kind of it doesn't really fit on the project, but it is a collection of outtakes. So I'll take it to the guys, player. Oh man, I love this song. I wouldn't go as far as um Captain, but this is really cool for me. This is like a 
Three Chains of Gold Part 2 in many ways. I can hear a bit of the Queen influence on this one as well. I just like the way it's recorded and the power of the lead line and the guitar solo. This is like a mini masterpiece, if you ask me. Very epic. Lyrically, it doesn't do much for me, but instrumentation-wise, it speaks volumes for me. I'm yeah, the, Captain, ly- the like, lyrics are just like, yeah, whatever, but the music, unbelievable. Yeah, the music is great, yeah. And, and the dynamics of it, the dynamics, it's like really cool. Yeah, I, I agree, it's an awesome song. It's, it's cool. And now, <laughs> it's O-Jam's turn. Strays of the World. I've got mixed feelings about this song. I, I can appreciate... I, I agree with Player. It's it's Three Chains of Gold Part 2 in a sense. But this is like the, the weaker brother of that track. Like, I can't quite put my finger on it. I think there's just... The cheesiness factor kind of... It's a bit over the top for me. Um, I think Three Chains of Gold is more like a mini movement. And it's, it's a longer yeah. piece of... Whereas this is more sort of succinct and more of a song. But see, Three Chains structure. of Gold is like a mishmash of like five different things. Yeah, this yeah. is just one it. of those. This is one of these sections into yeah. a whole track yeah, by, it's, it by itself. Yeah. yeah, it's great. But there's just a, there's a cheese factor in this one that it's hard to get over. Like that big intro, that do 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 do. It's a cool line, but it's it sort of it reminds me like you know the amazing Siegfried intro or something. <laughs> uh, and then the, at three fifty, where you know the song dies down and the big guitar power chord comes in, and it's like oh, the, the cheese factor is overwhelming at that point. But, <laughs> so, that's, the, that's the best is, part of the song. This is what I've written down. I I, I love <laughs> the arrangement of the song. I, I think it's just those some cheese elements and the the verse, <laughs> like it's just the verse is a bit too generic for me. Like I love all the stuff around the verse, all the cool instrumental bits and all the little bits it goes to. And I love the key change at 135. Great little interesting key change. Like the arrangement is so heavy and, and amazing and interesting to listen to, but that just that verse is just a bit sort of wishy washy and cheesy for me. Uh, so yeah, I've got mixed feelings on it. It's I, I, what, the, the vocal, the vocal. Yeah. The, the, just the, I'm now all you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then other bits, he's, he's going mental on the vocal. Yeah. Yeah, so like I said, I've got mixed feelings. Like, I think it's not as cohesive as, as Three Chains of Gold, and I hate comparing songs, but it's hard not to. This one. Mm. So they yeah. are similar. And, and, and the thing that you just mentioned, Tojim, about the, uh, you know, the, the welcome all, all ye strays of the world in, in Shakespearean Old English there for a second, it's an odd lyric nowadays. I'll just say that. I think if you went to a Prince show and he opened up with this, and in fact, they did Strays of the World. The MPG some, band did yeah, Strays of the World show. instrumental version at Montreux, which I was there for in, in, earlier in 2013. But it was instrumental only. You, you know um, what he'd sing today? Yeah, exactly. Welcome. No, be, I won't say it. It'd be no. It'd be like, um, listen now, all you strangers, you ain't going to heaven like me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something like that. Welcome, all ye 144,000. <laughs> <laughs> Only enough who's going to fit on the boat. Yeah, that's right. So, the, that, you know, the lyric is incongruous with where the prince of today is at. And uh, that's interesting listening to this, I think. You know, Which is probably why he didn't sing the lyrics. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't bring himself to do it. He looked out into the crowd. He saw someone from Peach and Black. He saw some other fans there and he just said, no, can't do it. Uh, so, yeah, well, look, I think we should move on to track number seven with that, and it is another 93 jam. It is, of course, Rip Up, Go to Zipper. Rip Up, Go to Zipper, Rip Up, Go to Zipper, If you flicker the pink, gotta show this and brought a trip. My girl, how in the world you learn that it's that you know? Rip Up, Go to Zipper, etc., etc., etc. Let's go. 
go. Seven for seven. Player. Uh, the thing that automatically springs to mind when I think of this song is the beat. It's a very sexy beat. I think this is more reggae in style than Blue Light. I'm thankful, though, he refrained... <laughs> I'm thankful, though, he refrained from using a uh, ragga rapper on this, which he could have easily done, and thank God he didn't. I think this is just a sexy song. That's all I can say. It's a song to play, uh, to play whilst doing the wild thing, for sure. <laughs> doing the wild thing? <laughs> tone, tone, tone loke style. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you, player. I think this beat is sickly sensual. It's just a filthy, sexy, awesome vibe that's smooth as silk. That ragga time beat that Prince is on. It's a dope track. Absolute dope. He could have easily slipped into the come on, come on, but he didn't do it. <laughs> he could have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dojam, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I think this is probably my third favorite, maybe, on this, of the 90s material. It's a pretty awesome track. Very silky. Definitely got that reggae influence. There's a bit of skank going on. It almost sounds almost sounds like steel drums. Uh, I don't think they are. It's like a keyboard thing, but it almost sounds like steel drums. I just like the groove. There's this like descending electric piano chords just slowly working their way down. Cool little repetitive bass line. Classic reggae feel. Sounds like a sampled feel, perhaps. And, you know, he's got that monotone vocal thing going on. Real sensual horn swells, and there's a big clarinet solo towards the end, which is cool. You, and is, I that love the, real, is that a real horn, or is it a keyboard? That sounds yeah, that's like a, a real that's horn. Clarinet. That's a clarinet solo towards the end. So who's that? I don't know. I'm it's guessing a Kathy, real horn. Kathy Jensen, yeah. I'm guessing, one of them. No, she's on the baritone. Oh, oh she, yeah. plays, she plays clarinet on a few things, doesn't she? Ooh. I think so. Yeah, cool chorus. Uh, I love the bridge as well, how it's, you know, the moment of their intimacy, and, and she's like, I want to call your name, but I don't know what to say. You know, this is like Prince at his most, what's the word? I don't want to say egotistical, but, you know, this is Prince in his elements, I should say. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> then, you know, so he's singing, oh, if you're always with me, you'll never have to call me. Touche. You know, that, that's just a really cool bit, I think. Very explicit lyrics, even some sound effects to go in there, like <laughs> knocking on the door and squirting the, the lube. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there's, no, there's three words you don't hear on the Peach and Black show every day. <laughs> Squirting the lube. Go on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's in every show. We just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Captain, we're not reviewing Pop Go to Zipper every week, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah, but just a real great song. Uh, I would love to have an instrumental version of this, I reckon. I reckon this would just be the coolest groove just to listen to in the background. Yeah, is this not one of the coolest grooves ever, isn't it? This is yeah. So yeah, I'll leave it there. Real silky, sensual song. Okay, well, speaking of silky and sensual, let's get a captain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is another gold experience outtake. This is a damn good song. It should have been on the album as well. What I don't get is why didn't all these tracks like end up as B-sides? There were so many tracks around this era that just sat around and didn't get on an album. It, it made it to Showgirls. Probably the contractual <laughs> well, obligation and then, it, thing. and then it got cut. Because <laughs> there weren't that many singles released from the gold, and the ones that did didn't have any, any B-sides. That's the thing. We hardly had any B-sides from this era, but there were all these tracks sitting around. That just seems weird to me. In the early, you know, through the 80s, there were B-sides flying out all over the place. You couldn't even keep up with them all. And now, when he's got a million outtakes, didn't put them out as B-sides. It's, that doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I guess you can call this reggae, and player have already said it, I think this is a better track than Blue Light, which I do like as a song, but this is a better composition and a better attempt at the reggae genre than Blue Light was. Nice little horn solo near the end. Oh yeah, again, originally it was going to be in Showgirls, but it didn't get there in the end, but no big loss there. Because that wasn't a great movie. 
As far as I know. It was great. <laughs> there was some great parts, but yeah, uh, overall. <laughs> nah. So, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Now, the next part of this show is going to be a little bit different. We've got six remix, redux, redone versions of songs that were released in some form or another prior to the versions that were released on this album. And if you are still following what I'm saying, (laughs) then... um, Here we go. Good on you, yeah. So, okay, the first track we'll talk about is Tell Me How You Want to Be Done. And uh, let's just have a bit of a free-for-all. I mean, when I first heard this, I, I couldn't stand it. I thought, well, why would you waste precious airtime, precious CD space with <laughs> something like this? On a, on, it's beyond me. Comment. Agree. <laughs> Colin got, Favor, say aye. Aye. <laughs> I've got something to say about that a bit later. <laughs> okay. Well, that said, that said. What song is it? The Continental in yes. on the yeah it's, yeah, it's the last half of the Continental song, which is I really like the symbol version. That's cool the way the song kind of molds into this this part. But then this is just I agree, it's unnecessary. It doesn't add anything. It's just this is the most skippable track on the entire Crystal Ball project. Oh, for me. definitely, it, it's close. But there's there's one there's one worse. <laughs> this this and a few others that we might end up talking about in the next. Well, yeah, it may be tied. With, it may be tied with one other coming up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the second part in the Continental or this, even this remix specifically. But like you just said, MC, I do dislike this just for the simple fact that including this remix took the place of you know some other classic '86 outtake or another yeah. ni- or another '93 yeah. Gold Experience song we didn't get to hear, exactly. which I'm sure most people would have preferred over this. Exactly. And all exactly. it's all it's done is just it's changed the beat to a more you know industrial sounding beat it's put a synth thing going on that's it like there's nothing yeah. else nothing special yeah moving on uh hang on oh, oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Oh, we've, we've, <laughs> look, we've got look a who just look who just walked through the door we've got a yeah. fan. <laughs> I, I like this <laughs> oh, no. and mc i know you're a massive fan of this and you you, you display no. that at the cream no, 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 no. No, i'm picking up the past now i never want you to use those words in it, together in a sentence okay i <laughs> What happened here? We're at this cream party, and this song comes it on. It sounds so wrong. And uh, let me tell you, MC tore up the dance floor, and he was trying to get me into it. And I bailed him up yeah. on this. I said, I remember the symbol review, bro. I said, you paid shit on this song, and now look at you. And you're <laughs> dancing to it. You're really getting into it. And now, oh, yeah, That was after about eight rum and coke straight from, yeah. the, from, from you to me, so yeah. I don't think that counts. Exactly. exactly. That, that's how MC likes it done. <laughs> Someone was so outraged by that, by MC, that they took his jacket. That <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think they were just outraged by the Prince Party in, in that part of town at that night. But that, yeah. <laughs> um, I know, there, I know you, secretly you love this song. There, there was another person or another couple of people that were, that were shaking up the dance floor uh, along with me that night, but the names will remain uh, anonymous to protect the guilty. So what's, I'll leave it at name? that. I'll leave it at that. The only guilty one here is you. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Let's move on before this gets out of hand. Hey? I, I was so, say, basically, it doesn't go anywhere. It, it goes <laughs> nowhere, but it's consistent, and that's what I like about it. The beat is driving, and it grooves, and I like the sudden ending. That's cool, too, but yeah, it shouldn't be on this. I don't think I've got to the end of this track for years. <laughs> I haven't. 
Maybe the first time I listened to it. That was it. So uh, with that, we go into So Dark. The remix, redone version of the song Dark from the 1994 Come album. And really, this is like, oh, I don't know. I think of this as the Man of, you know, like when he did a, the Man of War remix mm. on Rave Into the Joy Fantastic. I mean, originally, this is a great Doesn't track. Oh, yeah. But I don't think you can do much to make this track any less great than it is. Mm. It's just a different take on the original I still prefer the original over this one. I'm not sure why. Probably because by the time this remix came out, I'd already heard the original about 400 times. But it's, yeah, it's just something different. But again, it doesn't really take it anywhere interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's just a different take, really, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree, Captain. It's not bad, but every time you hear the original version, you you remember why the original version is superior. Yeah, there's, there's... Obviously, because it's more live in the studio, the original, it has more of a spontaneous feel, whereas this doesn't have that because it's got the sort of more plodding electronic drums and stuff. Um, but I, I, I like this version a lot, actually. Um, I like the sort of dark tremolo guitar that runs through it. I agree. It's a nice remix. I like it. I think it's a nice compliment to the original. I don't think I've ever heard a bad version of this song. Um, I like the acoustic guitar that they put on this. It's really nice. Um, production-wise, it's very emancipation. It's what I have written here. It's, you, you know, you, you can tell it's in the hands of Kirky J, this one. So. You know, I didn't even realise for years and years that this was actually a remix of the Come album track. And I think you guys pointed out to me years ago as well. Well, what did you think it was? They just put the I album know, I just, track I on just, I never made the connection. Because, yeah, it's weird. And then it's all you should do it like, oh, yeah, of course it is. Well, if you haven't listened to them side by side, you're probably, yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're not that different. Yeah, because this one's kind of buried in, in, in Crystal Ball somewhere. And, and same with the, the Come album. It's sort of halfway through the album and I never made the connection. Well, with that said, we go from Kirky J to Shock G and his silky remix uh. of, the, <laughs> of the 94 track, <laughs> Love Sign. Now, this is a tricky one because we haven't actually reviewed the original song. That's yet. what I was thinking. <laughs> but we, we will. But I suppose like, we could just comment on the remix now and we'll save that review for some time. I don't mind this remix. The DMSR samples, I think they fit in really well. I still prefer the original 1-800-NEW-FUNK version. Or even better yet, the, the live version on the Today Show, NBC. That guitar uh, yeah, is way great. too funky. Way too funky, that guitar, for 7 mm. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd been up all night, so... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, it's it's G-Funk sounding, you know? Like, uh, I'm thinking of Warren G, to be specific. Nate positive. Yeah, exactly. But but with a very different message. There's a good positive message here, real chilled vibe, and it's cool. It's a cool track. I think I prefer this version to the original, actually, which is hmm. a rarity. I just like... It's got a really chilled vibe, and it's, it's almost kind of res- resigned, and it's real spacey as well. Some really cool spacey keyboards, and it's sort of spacey loops going on yeah i think i prefer this and like player said before i think i heard this years and years before i heard the original and so Uh to me the original always sounded a bit not as good as the one that i knew first yeah that's my my thoughts on it so yeah i was the other way around i heard the version in 94 and then this comes out four years later after i've already heard the original a lot of times and the same with same with dark you know it's four years on and you've heard the original so many times a remix four years later, you're just like, 
What? What's this? There's yeah. there's a lot of to and fro when discussing parts of Prince's career, isn't there? I mean, this is obviously a part where there was so much material coming out at different times, it was hard to keep up. And even now, reviewing this stuff, it's sometimes troubling to figure out, you know, where where does this particular song fit in in, in the discography? So yeah, I think there's nice remix, but it doesn't really add much to the original. The DMSR sample is a nice touch, but it's pretty tame, I reckon. Especially for a Shock G production. I thought he'd go all digital underground on this song, but they should have called it like the blunted remix or something. It's very sort of, sort of, yeah. As, um, the, the blunt remix. The, the James Blunt remix. <laughs> Before his time. Yeah, like, like, um, Toad Gem said, it's very spacey and stuff, so. Yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't really, you know, again, why is it, why is it on here, you know? They could have, you know, put it out as a single and use it as, like, one of the remixes on that or as a B-side or something. Yeah. Well, well, well. Speaking of tracks that uh, beg the question, what are they doing here? <laughs> 18 and over. Discuss. I can't See, do this anymore. From what I know, this is a remix of Come that sort of just it's, evolved past being just a remix and sort of became its own song. Yeah, I consider this its own song. It's 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 definitely a remix of Come, but it, it's like it's gone to the point where it is a new song. It's, kind it's of like, like um, there's a Good Life remix, the Big City remix. Big City remix. It's like that. It's basically a different song. And don't forget one of my favourites, Do Your Dance, Casey's remix, <laughs> started as a remix of Cream, but totally it's its own thing now. Better than the original, I think. But anyway, <laughs> not that this is better than Come itself. It's not Come's amazing, you know, ten-minute masterpiece. But this is a decent track. But when I listen to it today, it's really just another chant song, which he really got into ninety-five, no, ninety-six, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, like New Power Soul, all yeah. those just chant-based songs. But this has actually got some lyrics and some verses, but there's really not a lot to it. But the best thing about this song is the sample is that woman saying, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. I love that sample. Yeah. That is an <laughs> excellent sound. I say, that, I say that all the time, too. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> that isn't it? <laughs> I love that. That sample and the other one, the oh, yeah, oh, yeah, those two samples. That is an excellent sample and great. talking about cum in the same sentence. You never <laughs> fail to amaze me, Captain. There you go. This show is going downstream quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I like the beat is classic mid-90s. Like, sleigh yeah. bells. Yeah, sleigh it's like bells. Sleigh bells, the big beat, the high synth, the airy, the airy keyboards. Yeah. It's like, that's just classic 94, 95 sort of sound. Sleigh bells are funny too, because didn't he bring back the sleigh bell sample in, oh, I, I swear it was during the Australian tour. What was it? The, the 2012 uh, Australian tour that, that we, we all attended. There were some sleigh bells at some point. Or, or, or was it just in my mind? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it must I be in your mind. No, I do remember us talking about that. Maybe Days of Old, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I, I can't quite remember. There were sleigh there was, bells. There was one, yeah, there was somewhere, it, yeah. and it was there, I'm sure, yeah. This, 18 and over, the track is, to me, it's like similar in intent. I want to, the bone ya. To, to <laughs> now, that's, that's just a classic Prince lyric right there. <laughs> 18 and over, I want to bone ya. Really? <laughs> on the, on, on the subtle, stuff. on the subtle tip. On the download. The yeah. <laughs> this is similar to Poom Poom and, and the bang in, in, no. in oh, respect. Of, in, no, but in, in respect that, in the respect that it's just really kind of about the same thing and just executing a loop, really, over and over again to me. I don't know. 
It, to me, it sounds it sounds heavier than come. Like it sounds like he's taken that and put more overdubs, made the sound more heavy. Yeah, he has. But it, don't you still find this like a background joint? I always feel. I always think to myself, there's not much else there. It's just this almost embarrassing rap over a, a steady beat. Really, it's not no, the whole bone, the Bone Ranger section. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean by embarrassing <laughs> rap lyrics. <laughs> Uh, what is the it? Hi-ho, there's the pinwheel. Hi-ho, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's the pinwheel, the wheelbarrow, the electric. <laughs> Have you ever heard about the pinwheel? The one about the pinwheel. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, and from that, we go into some more salacious material. It's a, it's another '94 track. Let me see your body get loose. Oh yeah. And uh, if our listeners remember my review of the song Loose from Glo- the Come album. A glowing I review. Glo- I l- absolutely love that track. Yeah, I can't stand love this. this. <laughs> I can't stand this. I mean, the instrumental is is kind of, you know, it gets your fist pumping or your blood rushing or whatever it is. But this is total skipper for me. What? Total skipper. I agree. This is this is the, the most skipper. Yeah. Oh, my. No way. Sure yes, it is. Player, chime in no on this. Come way. on, this is Skipper, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit messy. I don't think I'm. I think oh. I may never have got to the end of this song. To be honest, <laughs> this is excellent. No, it come add on, Captain. Anything is wrong with you. It adds it, everything. It to It doesn't the original add anything, song. and it detracts everything great about the original. Oh no, 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 no! As much as I like the original version, I prefer this remix. <laughs> it is it is so theatrical and dramatic. It's excellent stuff. Even though it's, it's pretty it's, much it's instrumental, right? It's it's skippable. No way! It's pretty much instrumental, but it's great stuff. It's it keeps that industrial edge. You've got that incessant hi hat and the drum and bass, but it takes it somewhere totally different, which all these other remixes didn't do. This takes it somewhere totally different. You mightn't like where it took it, but it took it somewhere different, right? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the end of it. His voice at the end. Take that. You, yeah. <laughs> like like Toe Jam said, I don't know if, I have, if yeah. I've ever heard the end of it. Out of all the remixes on the Crystal Ball, this is the best one. What? Yes. Absolutely. I want to I make a mix. Just in case they're audience are wondering, our audience might be thinking, oh, you guys are just, you know, captains just bullshitting. But no. I don't think he is, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I like this more than the... Oh, the uh, it's, it's pretty close, but I just like this more. I was not a fan I, of I, the... I do miss the vocals. Yeah. I do miss his vocals because his vocals are just hard on the original one. But this is so different from anything he's done. Don't you think? This this isn't on the same level, but it's to me, it's like three chains of gold. <laughs> it's that same sort of... Like every 30 <laughs> seconds, something totally different is happening that happened 30 seconds ago. It keeps changing. And it just goes to a different thing and a different thing. Oh, it's excellent. Gee, uh... What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't... I don't know what to say. You've left me speechless. You very rarely do that, but you've left me completely oh. speechless. Best remix on the on this three, four, five CD set. There you have it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> I said I've got to. I've got to get this house in order. Uh, dun, we got dun, one dun. more. We got, we got one more. We got one more track to talk about. And talking about remix, I can't believe you think that's the best remix when we're about to talk about this track. It is P Control <laughs> remix. Girl, you need pussy control. <laughs> Club mix, rubbish. <laughs> now this. Well, I don't like the original P Control song, so I don't really haven't got too much to say about the 
the Pig Control remix. This doesn't really add anything to the track as far as I can hear. It's just a bunch of little annoying sounds. Skip. Maybe, actually, this is it, most skippable track. Okay. <laughs> On the entire set. Even cuts definitely. from Kama Sutra. It's definitely this, one of. Again, we get something like this, totally useless addition to the album instead of Moonbeam Levels or In a Large Room with No Light. I mean, come on. This yeah, is, that, that, this is I useless. think that's, that is the most, most thing that really grates me. Yeah, with that's some of these remixes. You know? Tell me how you want to be done. This one and the, and the loose remix. I mean, the others are okay, uh, but those three, it's like, man, you've got a good 15 minutes there of time that could have been so much better. This was much... Yeah, I like, didn't, didn't he release this as part of the, the Versace experience? That was a different mix again, I think. Yeah, there was a few mixes and stuff on that. There was, yeah, there was at least like three or four. There was a club mix, there was yeah. a house mix, there was yeah. a chatounette, and there was some sort of yeah. control mix. There was a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, that should have been part of that. And like, like Tojem said, like, keep Leave those this. sort of things for that. Yeah, and put something else on here. But, um, it's, it's a bit messy, this remix, isn't it? It's a lot, of, heaps of scratching and all heaps of sounds it's all just over annoying it. Annoying sounds just for the sake of doing a remix. I like the, I like the yeah. claps in it. There's, there's the triple clap in it or something. Comes in on a three. <laughs> We're clutching at straws now, aren't we? No, I like the claps now. I reckon <laughs> I, I never got that far. To there's, there's not much redeeming about it. But yeah, it's it's pretty skipper. I see you guys always say, "Oh, I never got that far in the song." I listen to every song all the way through, even if it's rubbish, yeah. just so I can say it's rubbish. <laughs> but but you're like, "Oh, I got I got through the first minute, and I had to get I had to skip it." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now this next section starts off with uh, a couple of live songs. Let's start with uh, my schedule. My uh, chronology serves me correctly. It's track number fourteen. From 1995, and the track is called The Ride. You got the time, baby. I've got the ride. Toe Jam, take it away. Uh, this is just a great blues. I think it's G, is it? The key of G? Yeah. Classic guitar, blues key. I haven't got a lot to say about it, really. Uh, there's a few versions of this around. There's this one, there's the one from the Aladdin. Uh, it's the song he brings back every now and then. And there's the, has the classic lyric in it about, you know, he's going to watch. He'd rather watch, which is sort of what I think of when I get to the song. So I don't have much to say about it. It's, it's a <laughs> good band song. you listen to it then. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a good band song. It, I don't know. I don't think I've, I maybe listened to the album version maybe less than a hand, less than five times, I think, because I don't know. It's just, it's, it's another live version of a, of a cool song. That, that I've got plenty of other versions of that are equally as good, I think. So I'll leave it there. It's the ride. Okay. Player? I like this song. I don't like this version of the song. I think the version I like the most is the Undertaker version. But this is, like, his staple blues track. Like, whenever he wants to go in the blues, like, he always seems to pull this one out. So it's, like, the go-to blues song, um, primarily. It is a cool track, but not feeling this particular version of it. I like the Undertaker one better. Wow, <laughs> not a lot of love for this. I love this. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean this is some purple blues live. How can you not love it? It's just it's, it's hard to talk about when it's a, a live sort of blues track. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess I, I guess so, but it's not audibly like you can't really hear the audience too much. It's Guitar Hero Prince. You know, he's there with the axe, he's grinding it. So darn good. The MPG are on fire. They're, they're such a great band. I know I've said that many a time now, but. Some cool lyrics, smoking vocal and, and guitar delivery, and I love his solos here. I actually really like the just the stuff that he's doing. There's a bit of there's a bit of cool whammy work. Uh, 
<laughs> that doesn't impress Captain much, but um, yeah, I, again, a, a joyous, a joyous live song. Every time he pulls this out, it's great, and this is also a, a, a real cool version. And uh, with that, we go to Captain. This uh, it is hard to review this, but we haven't reviewed this track yet at all. This is the f- official release of this of this track, isn't it? Aside from Undertaker video. That was an official release. But that's not audio. The first actual album release of this track, this is it. This yeah. is the official audio version that he put out. That's right. But there's better versions. <laughs> but this that's is what I said too. <laughs> yeah. But this is maybe what the fourth officially released version through the videos and it was on was it in Beautiful Experience or Love for One Another special as well? Uh, it's been put out a bunch of times. But I'm not complaining. The, the, the more the better. That's all good. But again, this suffers noticeably from distortion, but I can, I can really hear it on this track too. But anyway, killer screaming solo from about 2.10 for a, a full minute. A minute of that solo. And then again, 3.34, he goes off again on the solo. Only, only 30 seconds that time. He doesn't want to kill everyone. But some great bass work from Sonny T in that last quiet bit. He's doing all these little pops and harmonics all over the place. That's really cool. It's got the big end with the piano, where the distortion really comes to the fore. It sounds beautiful if, you, if that's your thing you love to listen to. But yeah, I prefer the, the original, well, the original version on The Undertaker. The solos in that and the, the stuff he was playing at that time were much better than this, I think. Though this has got some nice solos, I like the, the Undertaker version more. All right, from one live track to another, we go from the ride into Days of Wild. Once again, the first official audio release of this track. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is and, uh, the standard that we're, this is the one. Yeah, it's the version that most people are used to. I think outside of this Days of Wild version, the uh, the other one would be One Night Alone era, 2002. There was a version that was released that was, for all the hardcore fans out there will know what I'm talking about. That was kind of relatively popular at the time. But but this is it. We're talking about the 95 release of Days of Wild. It's a live performance. It would be great to hear a studio version of this, but we have not yet. Uh, maybe one day. Nice head bobbing beat, you know. I never really consider this a song. It's more of a live concert groove and band jam, and it went off in the Australian tour in 2012, especially at the after parties. They just tore the roof off with this sucker, and uh, it's it's cool for what it is. I'm I'm not a huge fan of this track. It's what? a nice live number, but it's it's really not that great. And the fact that it's primarily just a beat that that borrows heavily borrows the lead line from Caravan, the jazz standard, isn't particularly impressive to me. But it's cool. Like it, it is cool. It's really cool to hear. But that's about it. What what more can I say? Toe Jam. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you. Actually, I kind of really like the song, but at the same time, I, can, I can hear exactly what you're saying, and that it, it is it is just a jam. And every time I, I listen to this one, I think, oh, I'd love to hear the, uh, the proper clean studio version of this, but alas. Uh, I like the frog croak, that sort of frog croak sound. Wow, comes it out, that's a really cool effect. Um, the bass, also, you talked about taking the lead line from Caravan. The bass is almost note for note from Thank You For Letting Me Be Myself Again as well, uh, which is, there's several songs that do that. I wonder if that was, like, consciously done. It wouldn't surprise me, who knows. It, this is live, but there are some vocal overdubs as well, maybe some other things as well, you, but you can definitely hear Prince overdubbing some background vocals. Uh, it's got the crowd bit with the free the slave. Everybody's got a bit of slave in them tonight, which is, you know, getting 
all that. I hate know. that lyric. I hate that lyric. Yeah. It just seems so weird. I think it's just like, you know, free yourself from your inhibitions kind of thing. That's like in the live setting. I mean, it's just an off-the-cuff comment. Yeah. But it just doesn't make sense to me. And every time I hear it, I just I cringe at that lyric. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I think and, it's, and, in the, it in the live setting, it's just like, you know, free yourself, be, be, let's, let's party kind of thing. But it makes me you know, realize, you know, why he doesn't like putting out live recordings because, you know, that's the version. That's there forever for everyone to hear. And especially yeah. with a lyric like that, I, I would have cut that out. I'm sure that this isn't the full version anyway. It's probably edited anyway. But yeah, oh. I mean, it's a compilation album, so I can't complain too much. And it sort of it gives the feel, it does its job. It gives the feel of what the live sound was like at the time. So it's good for that. But I don't. I seldom listen to this version. I think. I think I probably listen to the One Night Alone version more. Is that the the Montreal version? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, Captain. Um, oh. Well, have a have a have a think about that. H- have a go at reviewing this. Actually, Captain, it's off to you. This is the standard for this track. This is the officially released version, the first officially released version. And this is, it's nine minutes and 18 seconds of this monster track. Like you said, we never got a studio version. This is, this is what we got, the next best thing. And not the, the weak Montreal version with no swearing. And, and God bless Canada. No, that's not the lyrics. <laughs> this is the real thing right here. The original classic lyrics that we all know and love and like to sing along and swear. This is the one. This is not the days of mile. This is the original, the real thing. <laughs> Just like now and some other tracks on the gold experience, like Tojam mentioned it, there's this super deep bass vibrations. You said it was like a frog croaking. And that just goes all the way through this track and a few other tracks on the gold experience. And he did it a lot at that time. And it sounds excellent. On big, massive speakers, that bass, it, it'll just kill you. It'll blow your head off. Uh, at 2.42, you've got the classic, oh, oh, by the way, I play bass guitar line. That's, it's, it's just good. And I like that you can really hear the background vocals clearly in this version, whether they were pre-recorded and the people at this show heard those background vocals pre-recorded or whether he added them after. Either way, they're so clear in this version, it's great. They're not mixed way back. They're right up there. It's good. And I love the sound from 3.50 to 4.10. It's just a killer groove. And then again at 5.30, there's another... Another great groove, and that goes over a full minute. And uh, it's this is just a monster track. And it's also got the classic line, play that motherfucking bass, which he started. And then after he stopped swearing, every time he did a concert, he tried to tell the audience not to sing, not to do the swearing. To no avail, they just shouted back even louder all the swearing, which I think is one of the funniest things in Prince history ever. <laughs> it's, it's, his, it's, his lyric, it's his lyric. He started it. He put it out there as a crowd chant. They keep doing it, and then he's like, no, no, I don't swear anymore. Stop it, stop it, stop it. And they shout and the, it back even louder. The funny, yeah, the funniest thing is that half the audience probably don't even realize that he's serious. Like, they think, oh, this is just yeah. a play to get us to sing it louder. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. And what was the other one? Oh, NPG. In, in this funky in this, house, oh, get yeah. out. Get out. That is ridiculous. <laughs> no way. Uh, I would have been sh- uh, screaming my head off the real lyrics at that time. Very creative, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but this uh, track, it's just a killer groove. I'm still amazed it never got a, a studio version, didn't get released on Gold Experience or some album. This was just way too good to leave in the vault, which I guess he agreed since he released it in a bunch of different versions in videos and TV specials, CD singles, and on live compilations, and this one. So, it is great. All right, all right. 
player, I can see you head bobbing to this, but I, I can't be sure until you review it. Give us your thoughts on Days of Wild. No, you're definitely right. It's a head bobbing track. I am really partial to the Beautiful Experience version. Yes. I think the the first time that you hear it, I think that's the one you sort of gravitate to. And then when you hear subsequent versions, kind of like the Fury effect a little bit. Like this version is good, but I really like that the first time I ever heard it. And I would also too love to hear a studio version of this. And I think it should have been one of the tracks that should have ended up on Gold Experience, but yes. for whatever reason, that never happened. But yeah, as a track, I love it. I've I always love it. I love it when he brings it out live. I think it it works. It works really well. Mm. Even even with the new lyrics these days, it, it kind of puts me off in a in a sense because you know you want to sing along with him, and then he, he, I, don't, I don't know. My mindset is like the original lyrics, and then when he starts changing things, you sort of go, oh, you know, where's he going with this? And I can't um, even I think, sing along. I think that the um, most recent one that I saw online with the um, live stream, live stream, live stream from City Winery. I think he changed the lyrics a lot, like a, radically different on that. And I, you know, I was just wasn't following on that. But and then like the horns came in and they really drowned it out with the lean line stuff. So yeah, it's sort of changed and evolved over time. But yeah. the genesis of the original groove is like something that you can't beat, which is you know the bass and drums and samples and all that sort of stuff. It's really cool. I like it. I think it's a cool I, song. I remember when we reviewed, I think it was 3121, and MC, you said you'd love that song to death. Yeah. And, and it was Days of Wild Part 2. Yeah. But you don't like Days of Wild that much. That's weird. Yeah, I, I love 3121, the song. It's well, so, much, the, it's so much better than this. Yeah, but it kind of takes the... It takes all of the elements of, of, de- of you know, a nine or ten minute jam version, Days of Wild type track and it condenses it into a really listenable really tight hypnotic groove and just you know blows your head off in four minutes as opposed to stretching it out and there's so many different sections to this and it's like i said earlier it's like more like a jam 3121 is the ultimate but not having version of days of wild <laughs> not having a studio version of this it, you can't 100% compare it equally either. Agree, agree, agree. Because there probably is, you know, a four or five minute studio version of Days of Wild, which is condensed and everything's there in its place. Yep. We, we One day. will probably never hear it. <laughs> Especially if it exists, we'll probably never hear it. On to the next song, it's two words. So now we're back to studio tracks. Yeah, back to studio tracks. It's still 95. And it's called Da Bang. Like a puppet on a string, I'm a dancing, I'm a sing, I will do my sweetest thing if you promise me to bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Guess who's a fan of this track, audience? Okay, Toe Jam. It's an interesting little ditty. <laughs> I'll start with the negative first. I don't think it's mixed very well. The bass is way too low. Yeah. Uh, the tambourine's way too high. Yep. And that just kind of ruins it for me a little bit. Everything seems to have this watery effect on it. His vocal, his guitars, sort of slippery effect, which is kind of cool. It's similar again to What's My Name, and then it has two sections primarily, a soft section and then smash into a loud section. Mm. Uh, the loud section kind of reminds me of Walk Like an Egyptian, you know, the bangle song. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Same sort of tonality, yeah, same sort of instrumentation, and, and the tambourine smashing along, you know. I, I like the bridge where it's just this big, crazy descending, down, 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 and everything's going nuts. It's pretty cool. Uh, and I, I think this is an all-solo Prince one, isn't it? That's what it says in the lyric book, I think, uh, which is think pretty so, cool. Yeah. So it sounds like something he would have done in an afternoon, like 
just sort of mucking around and come up with this. So it would be interesting to hear a live band of his do this. That'd be interesting to see whether they could pull it off. Because I think the studio version as a demo is a really cool idea for a demo, but like I can see why it's on this compilation in that it, it still sounds kind of not quite finished. But having said that, because it's not quite finished, it has a certain rawness to it that a lot of the more produced tracks don't. So it's interesting for that reason. Um, but yeah, the bang. All right, player, what are your thoughts? I usually skip this one. Um, it doesn't really capture me that much. It's, yeah, for real. Um, it's bluesy in the verses, but in the chorus it rocks out, like Jam said with um, What's My Name, similar sort of thing. But at times where it rocks out, it sounds really cluttered, the sound space. And the microphone, like the vocal, the microphone sounds like it was shoved down the front of his pants for this one. It, it sounds really muffled and, <laughs> like, it's, I don't know why he chose that particular vocal effect on there. It has some cool elements here and there, but it's not one that I play very much. So that's my the bang review. Before I go to Captain on this, I'll just add my little tidbit because there's not much uh, in my notes. He really just wants to get it on here, doesn't he? <laughs> he sounds like he just woke up at 4 a.m. In, in a hotel room somewhere or not too far away from the studio and just recorded this number. There's the frantic tambourine that Tojam mentioned. Um, the uh, the rhythms and the and the kind of feel that player spoke about and I have to agree with you guys it's a bit awkward to listen to but at the same time I think that's what makes it unique it makes it interesting you know it's the juxtaposition between the way it's mixed and the song itself it's just it kind of jars the ears at, in some points but it's cool you know it's a little demo and um, it's one of those freaky filthy print songs that depending on the time of night might be your thing and with that we take it to Captain. Tell us your review. This is another ripper track. We, we reviewed some other song like this a while ago. It was where the verse was in total contrast to the chorus. It was on um, it was on The Truth. What, what was that song? Um, Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom. I think. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's this big fluffy chorus and then this totally different verse. <laughs> Which didn't work, I think, but works here much better. It's not... It's not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. It's a great guitar solo, 155 to 210. 15 seconds guitar there. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, but my favorite part in this track, and one of the best two and a half seconds on this entire album, is 220 to 222. It's just these really cool harmonic note-bending things he does on the guitar, and it's the best part in the song. Best One of the best two seconds on this album. Oh, it's excellent. And there's a great scream at 2.50, almost 10 seconds long, just screaming his head off, non-stop. But this is another song, it's just begging to be played live. Next time he makes it down to Australia, might not suit the opera house, but after show at the basement for sure. <laughs> excellent, excellent song. Alright, and we are still in 95, and we are still talking about some... 96, yeah. Yeah, we're still talking about some salacious type uh, material here with the next song with the same word repeated what could I be talking about boom 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 player what do you think about boom boom uh, yeah like I like the um I like the, like the vibe of the the song and the lyrics and you know how he's you know he says I'm craving you so much and all that like like I can really relate to the lyrics I just don't like the sound of it like I like the um the kick drum and all that in it but just the, the chorus it's just it just puts me off I don't know what it is about it it's just 
something that I can't get my head around. I think it is a cool song, like lyrically, but and, and like some of the musical elements do it for me. But as a whole, it doesn't do it for me at all. It's just I, I just I can't describe this one. I usually skip this one, which is sad to say because I think it's he's he's like he's got some interesting. He says some interesting things on there, hmm. especially towards the end where he says you know well then fuck you and all that sort of stuff. So what what yeah. he says that yeah it's it's in the background. <laughs> but but anyway um yeah it's it's cool it's 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 a cool song but uh, it's it's more lyrically that I if if this was remixed I'd probably like it a bit more but I just I don't I don't like the I think the chorus is like puts, puts me off I don't like it yeah <laughs> both the bang and poom poom are just they go hand in hand don't they they're just mm-hmm. kind of not fit for public consumption I think at times but. Uh, Let's go to Toe Jam on this and see if we can get a, uh, an alternate opinion. Um, I think of this, just the standard studio tracks, not counting the remixes, I think this is the most skippable. It's, I mean, it's a bit of a joke song, really, I think. He's got this real cheesy poom, 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 poom thing, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but then he comes in with these big, dark, sort of slave vocals, minor key, really dark, low, layered vocals. Uh, he, and he does the counting the time thing, which he does in a few songs. I think um, he does it in Insatiable, you know, where he's observing the time as it's ticking, 4.57, 4.58, 4.59. There's some funny, funny bits in there, obviously, with that the, the voice towards the end where it sounds like he's got, like, cotton wool in his mouth and he's, you know, let me see your papers. That, that's a pretty funny bit. I like that. Uh, you are uh, you all right? That, what am I going to do? Sort of runs through it as well, which gets a bit annoying. So I find the bits in it are more annoying than adding to anything. So it's, it's a very skippable track. Okay. Captain, what's this- the deal? This track is, yeah, I'm sort of with player. I like it and I don't like it. I mean, it's it's hard. This track is hard, I think. That's the word I got here. And I've said it many times before, but I, I love the sound of his voice when he really pushes it, as he does right at the start of this one. But then yeah, then you've then it, it's a dark track too. You've got the, the melody of those multi-track vocals and the verses. It's just dark and minor, Tojam said it. But uh, there's a few spots in this track. You can hear him, like, clapping in the studio. When he's recording the, the vocals, stuff like that is always cool to hear. Just little studio things that you might not notice. Uh, there's some great screaming comes later in the track. Some cool beatboxing too, which lasts pretty much the whole last minute of the track. I don't recorded. think I've heard it that far. <laughs> 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 it's recorded in '95, and I'm sure I read somewhere the drums are the same as uh, Big Fun from Exodus. But yeah, the poom 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 chorus bit, yeah, the falsetto. It's just. Nah. Yeah, it is. It could have been something else. I don't know. It's it's a proper outtake. This track, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like Toe Jam said, it's most skippable, excluding mm. the remixes. I might agree with that. Actually, it's just, just a bit um, of a throw throwaway track. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think it's the rave DVD. The live yeah, DVD. the guy hanging, holding up the sign. <laughs> this like, one massive set yeah. fan. Yeah. Of of all the songs you could have a sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> endorphin, not endorphin machine. Yeah, not, not, yeah, none of that. Yeah. What what they didn't show on that DVD was when he turns the sign around, he's actually got the bang on the other, on the other side. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what you didn't see is the security dragging him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me see your papers. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, I mean, it's an overtly sexual song. It's the perverse pimp Prince character singing about being horny. It's a silly song. It's mechanical sounding. And it's funny as well because I laughed out loud at the... What's your doctor's name? <laughs> I want to see your papers. That's basically another way of saying uh, 
you know what. So, I, look, I'm in agreement with you all, and... Uh, well, I'm going to be really nitpicky now. Yep. When you are, he says, what's your doctor's name? Well, there's another song that actually says, my doctor's name is Feel Good. <laughs> on this, on this <laughs> so if we song. mix so those there two you go. It's all a hidden, there's, there's a hidden uh, message there about his doctor. Uh, <laughs> it all comes hidden, together. Hidden medical messages. Okay. <laughs> the next song is... And, and I was really tempted to leave this as the last song of our review, but I, I won't do it because we're going chronological... Goodbye. Let's start with myself. <laughs> this is a good ballad. He does this in his sleep, and it's heartfelt. It's emancipation sound, era sounding. It, well, obviously, it was just before the emancipation album was released. This would have been recorded. Kind of a sad song, but the music is kind of whimsical too. It's it's not really doesn't the music doesn't sound melan too melancholic, but you know the the, the, the lyrics and the, and the delivery are a little bit uh, somber potentially, depending on your point of view. Those are my thoughts, uh, Captain. Uh, supposedly originally recorded for the Symbol album, but then stuck it in the vault for a couple of years and pulls it out for Emancipation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but, you know, the amazing, once again, the that. amazing Claire Fisher orchestration all over this track. We've said it over and over again, but how much he adds to the tracks that he's contributed to is just crazy. And again, listening to this, it just made me sad that we're not going to hear any new collaborations between these two unless he puts out some more vault material, which seems unlikely at this point. But yeah, this track, it seems like it's an average ballad for Prince. The MC said, you know, you can do it in your sleep. But it's getting harder for me to review some songs because you try not to do it. But when you come to a ballad like, like this, like I'll say, in my opinion, it's an average ballad. How can you not compare it to other ballads he's done, especially the best ballads he's done? And it's, it's really not fair to do it, but you automatically compare them to the best ballads he's done. But it's so hard not to do that. But as it stands on its own, it's an okay track. It doesn't have any twists and turns, as Prince does in some tracks. It just seems like a by-the-numbers ballad, done in his sleep. And, I mean, great vocal performance, as usual. One-man band as well. But apart from the Claire Fisher's orchestration, the most interesting thing for me on this track is the fade-out. Because just in that last 15 seconds, there's some crazy panning going left and right. Uh, if you're in the headphones. <laughs> and there's some crazy panning going on in this review, but of a different <laughs> type. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's... Uh, nah. You know, this this song would make a good B-side to the 1985 release, Hello, don't you think? Hello, Goodbye. Yeah. And then you could get Paul McCartney to sing Hello, Goodbye. It'd be great. <laughs> hey, Mike Jackson. Okay. <laughs> um, toe Jam. Yeah, it's a bit schmaltzy. But it's nice. When it comes on, I normally enjoy it. Uh, it's a very memorable hook that, excuse me, but is this really, you know, real classic pop hook for a slow ballad. Uh, uh, Larry Graham's coming out in April, all right, we've still got a few months left. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do my falsetto, so. I like the key change, or the you know, the, the bridge, uh, the interplay in the bridge. Prince's bridges are always really interesting, I find. He always takes them to interesting places, and they're always, they always move in interesting ways, so it's got a good bridge. Um, but the verse... And the chorus is really just the sort of, you know, rotating between the one chord and the four chord, which has been done a million times in these sort of ballads. And that's just by Prince, not it, not including everyone else. So, yeah, uh, it definitely sounds like it would have fit perfectly on Emancipation, but where would you have put it? We can't ruin that 60 minutes. We can't do that. Yeah. 
But yeah, there's enough ballads on there that I can see why it didn't make it. So yeah, let's say goodbye to this track. We've got one <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is a long goodbye. Round this out. <laughs> well, my review is pretty much a ditto of what you three guys have said. It's um, not his elite ballads, and it's a nice ballad, but it is very sort of same samey from the Emancipation era, and I couldn't see why it never made that album because, like, I think a lot of the Emancipation era ballads are sort of similar in their style. Um, production, the production is all the same. Yeah. As soon as you hear a 97 track, you're like, yeah, it's 97. Yeah, I think this sort of has a bit of that in it, so it is nice that, you know, some interesting lyrics, the way he opens it up with the last night when I left you fast sleeping, I should have contemplated suicide. I mean, that's a pretty deep lyric to open the song with, but yeah, it's 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 nice for what it is, but like it's like you guys said, it's nowhere near his like elite ballads, but nice sort of outtake to include on this compilation, I guess. All right, and uh, the next song that we're gonna get into is entitled "Tomorrow." Spelled phonetically with a two and then morrow afterwards. And this was around the 95, 96 era. And it sounds um, like it. It does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It sounds like an emancipation outtake. It's got some cool horns on it. And um, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, Player, you, you spoke about the previous song. Why don't you uh, take this one away from me? I think, yeah, the highlight is the horns and the synth line. Really sexy and really cool. But like I said, it's very 90s sounding. I don't like the most beautiful girl in the world mixed into it. I don't know what he was going for there, but like with the um, Beautiful Experience EP where it was just like 10 mixes or variations of the same song, to have like this and then have that song mixed into this again, it's like, uh, you know, I'm a bit tired of that song. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oversaturation. Yeah, like I think he could have done without it. If it was a DJ, like, mixing the two songs together, like, fair enough, but on an original song, like, I don't think it needs it, but it is sort of jazzy and laid back, and I, I like it for that. I just don't like that sample in it. It can do without hmm. it. You must be reading my notes again. Captain. Yeah, this song. I'm not sure if this qualifies as a remix of The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, or if it's its own track, because it's got a whole bunch of samples from, from that song. And the beat is very similar to the Mustang mix of that song. But anyway, here we go. I actually like this track, even though it's a fairly mellow track. It's got some cool stuff going on. You know, you got the first and the second verse and chorus, that's okay. But that, that's after that, that's when it gets interesting. 150, it all starts going. But even though this was recorded after the Emancipation material, it sounds... The horns sound like they're straight off the like the Calm album, like off the Calm track. This it just shows how good those MPG horns are. They can turn up at any time in Prince's career, and they'll still sound as great as they ever did. It's ninety three, ninety five, ninety eight, two thousand thirteen. They're, they're that good. But anyway, this song, I love that jazzy guitar sound he's got going on from two fifty, and he sings along with a solo. That's the stuff I want to hear on a Prince track. And the coolest part with this one is that guitar solo at some point merges into a keyboard solo. And 20 seconds later, we're in a keyboard solo. It started out as a guitar solo. And I think you could hear it switch over. It's about 310. That's just cool. And he, oh, there was another track, Toe Jam. Do you remember there was another track? It started out as a guitar solo and ended up as a keyboard solo. Um, I'm thinking of the Love Sexy bit where he yeah, the starts vocal. as a male and swaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the vocals. Yeah, the that vocal. was it. Yeah. 
a similar thing here, but with the guitar going to a keyboard. It's really cool. That's cool. Uh, I wish this went on another minute or two. I, I could listen to that. It's good stuff. All right, all right. Toe Jam. I agree. It's a good song. It definitely sounds like Emancipation production uh, with the beat and the, the really clean guitars. Great little subtle clean guitar stuff going on in the background all the way through. The synth line is classic 96, 97 sort of synth line, almost a sort of black sweat, but with the sort of more electronic synth, I guess you'd call it. I uh, love the horns, the muted trumpet at the beginning, Miles Davis, Harm and Mute stuff. I like the, the solo bits at 250 with the whole, and it's sort of this beboppy stuff, all these bebop lines going on in the horns and the guitar solos. Yeah, and, and towards the end, he starts, he starts singing it as well. He starts saying, you power bebop, which is kind of cheesy, but interesting. So I love the last instrumental bits in the last few minutes. Really cool. I like at 150. There's some really cool chords going on there. The, the bass is descending, but the, the chords are sort of rising. The uh, inversion of the chords are rising, but the bass is descending. Cool little bit there at 150. Yeah. But just there's lots of interesting bits going on in the song. I don't really listen to the lyrics too much in this one. I agree with Player. The beautiful girl sample doesn't really need to be there, but it doesn't really bother me that much either. So I'll leave it there. The big thing I've got this this is email. This is um like almost the same sort of sound and feel as email of emancipation Ooh. they're almost yeah. brother sister songs so that's I a can good hear that that's a good comparison actually i was going to say it's a cool mid-tempo number and it now that you are <laughs> you made that reference it's very close really this is a vulnerable and uh, open expression of lust really that's the way i perceive it he's got this playful vocal approach and some cool, I won't say scat parts, but he's doubling up what the guitar's doing with his, with his vocals. Great arranging, nice entendres with the guitar and the horns and the high-pitched synth and this kind of chilled-out vibe. This is really, really cool listening. The thing that spoils it is the thing, the very thing that Player mentioned earlier in his review, which was the, um, you know, mixing in that the most beautiful girl in the world chorus element. Oh, man. Does that detract from this song or what? I reckon you, if you remove that and you lower the pitch of that synth a little more, you've got a, a track on D'Angelo's 9095 album, Brown Sugar. I reckon, this reminds me of Brown Sugar, the production, the kind of delivery. It's so similar to something like, well, anything off that album, really. <laughs> I really enjoy listening to it, but it's spoiled by a couple of, by a couple of those elements. I'd love to hear a version without those elements on them, but who knows if we ever will. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, Toe Jam coughing in the background because he <laughs> he agrees with me. Um, <laughs> and and the uh, the final studio track that we're going to talk about now is from the mid to tail end of 1996, I believe. It's from the Muppets. Muppets show <laughs> first performed on the Muppets. She gave her angels. She gave her angels that summer night. Let's take it to Captain to start us off. Nice little piano intro, and then straight into that Emancipation production sound. As it was recorded around the same time, uh, I don't usually skip this track, but I've never gone looking for it either. Again, it's a nice ballad, but there's nothing out of the ordinary, I think. There's that same little triangle going through the first (laughs) Uh, verse, which was in another song we reviewed, and it's just a digital thing, and it cuts off really abruptly. I can't remember where it was from. It's a little bit annoying. 
Now, is it just me, or is there a bad edit at 221? Ah. It's, yeah. it, there's a big build. There's <laughs> a big going build. On there is a big build, <laughs> and, every, and then everything just cuts out, and then his vocal comes back in, and it just sounds a bit off to me. I'm definitely sure there was a big chorus there, but it's been cut out. That's what it sounds like to me. It was just about to go into this big chorus, and then you get this little solo vocal, and then you get this big instrumental part instead, just after that, kicking off again with the big, these big swooshing sounds instead of a snare drum. And that was the something. whole. That was the Wendy and Lisa section. It's cut out. <laughs> <laughs> There's something different. Uh, There's some pretty good guitar work. It sounds very big and epic, and it ends like a few of his other songs on this big guitar note, like um, "Never Take the Place of Your Man." It just ends on this one big guitar note. But yeah, 221. That's that just sounds like a bad edit to me. Something's been cut out. It sounds so much sounds like it's about to go into a big chorus. Even his vocal is building up until that point, and then it just drops to nothing. It's weird. You think he originally said something and then changed his mind? Thought, oh, I can't have that on there. <laughs> no, who knows? It's it's just a weird. It's a weird edit. There's something is not right. Like Jam said it. Hans is at the board again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, do I like it? It's, it's, yeah, it's an okay ballad. I'd like to hear that original big chorus, which was cut out. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure that's what was there. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me right, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit like you, Captain. I'm a bit undecided. Like, it's got that epic sound, similar in scope to Strays of the World, but it sounds a little, a little bit too much like a fairy tale to me. And also, as nice as, as the sound itself is, I, I've got to temper that with the fact that it's also a very personal sounding song. And, and I think there's a couple of those on Emancipation and around the 96 era. I'm thinking of something like Let's Have a Baby. This reminds me of that song in its approach, in, in what he's singing about and... Well, wasn't yeah. this, is this the track that was going to be, or rumoured to be on, he was going to do like a, a kid's album or something? I think so, yeah. I, so I remember that's hearing why something it's got the fairy tale sound. It's meant to be a, a kid's song. Mm. That'll explain that if, if this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's kind of corny but and indulgent and, and very typical of this period. Not one of my favourite songs, although it does have a really cool sustained guitar part towards the end. You know, you can't help but enjoy listening to him when he's... Uh, playing those power chords and, and one note sustain. So, yeah, that, that, that part of it's cool. Toe Jam. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. I kind of agree. Uh, it sounds like a, a section in a movie where that it's the sad montage section. You know, something almost like out of a Pixar sad movie. <laughs> you know, this is where the, the character's feeling sad. Um, that's a bit smelty. There's an interesting lyric there that popped out at me today. Where I thought, oh, that's an interesting lyric. Um, Destiny and love don't always go hand in hand. That's an interesting one. Uh, I actually had the triangle thing as well down. I had the, the triangle and the bongos come across a bit midi, that Emancipation midi sound. Is that uh, triangle, is it something on Rave? No, I think it's it's in Emancipation somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the song sort of stops at 2 minutes 33, and then you think, oh, is it finished? And then, no, 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 we're in a big heavy bit, which is kind of interesting. I'm going to have to rewatch the Muppets version. I haven't watched that for years. I can't even remember him playing it on there. Is it's it like not, a white suit. It's only like the first piano? half of it. Yeah, that's it, I think. Yeah. He's, he's sitting at a piano. Piano, yeah. Okay. I can't remember that. I watched it's it not, he, only does, he only does the first half. He doesn't do the big... He doesn't get out and shred the guitar. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, Unfortunately. It's, you know, it's not a bad song. I don't want to paint it out, but it's giveable as well. And finally, we go to player who's going to wrap up his thoughts on this song and our review of Crystal Ball Part 2. Player, she gave her angels. 
I don't really have much more to add than what you guys have just said. <laughs> Same sort of thing. Like it's it's a nice sentiment, but it's like Tojem said, it's pretty skippable. It's um you know of the era. It's kind of like a bit like goodbye for me. It's it's the same sort of deal, I guess. Um, either it's filler to fill the album out, or he wanted it out there, one of the two. But yeah, it's it's okay. It's just not something like Captain said I, that I would go out seeking for. But yeah, and that's the the intent behind this project, really, isn't it? You know, it's a hodgepodge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, piggledy piggledy, multifaceted release, crystal ball. Material it's from a, it's a lucky dip. Yeah, it's a, it is. It really is, and <laughs> and you take what you want from it, which is which is also fun to do. It's almost like, and I, this is the way I always imagine it. It's almost like this is his version of like a bootleg yeah. compilation of just random songs, but mixed very badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. We've come to the to the end to the conclusion of our mammoth crystal ball album reviews. I can't believe it. We've achieved it. It took a while. Uh, it did take a while. Thank you. Score it, MC. They, no, we can't. Oh, can't Go on. Score this. What are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Can't Go score on. This. Batman it. No, we can't, <laughs> can't do. I can't do. I can't. No, no can do. We can't even um, say any. We can't even say score it anymore. Now we just say Batman it. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that doesn't know what these guys are on about, go listen to our Batman album review, and all will be revealed. Because I don't know. We get we get strange emails and strange feedback. Maybe we need to do a better job of, of promoting the show, especially the early episodes, because. We just get these left field questions asking us about episodes that where, where people can find episodes that that are online on the Podbean website. If you search <laughs> back far enough, uh, you, you'll find everything we've ever done. It must be those crazy iTunes listeners. I think iTunes only updates the last yeah, 20, twenty shows. Yeah. So, if you're an iTunes listener, go to H P. Is it a semicolon or a, I can't remember, forward slash or double backslash? And if you're still listening to me, the actual <laughs> URL, <laughs> the important part of the URL is peachandblack.podbean.com. And uh, all Everything your, is there. your insatiable peach and black as long as, we keep, as long as we keep paying the, the hosting, everything will with. still be there. That's right. <laughs> And if so you can't on. find it, I'm sure the remaster will come out soon. The new masters, yeah. The new master. <laughs> and uh, another big shout out to our listeners, to our fans, to the people that make this show possible, to the editors, to the compilation people, to our advertisers, to <laughs> our social media crew, everyone, big shout outs. Any, any shout outs to anyone in particular, guys? Larry Graham. <laughs> yeah. Larry Graham and the Graham Central Station coming to the basement in April 2014. Boom. We'll be there. It's going down. See you there. We're there to touch the base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a sweat infused night, I guarantee you. Sweat, sweat infused moustache, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You should have come around in November. That would have been the biggest Movember yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> would have raised a ton of money for a good cause. Yeah. Uh, he missed it. He missed it. Maybe next yeah. November. Larry would be like, um, this is November from 1968. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been growing his mustache since 1968. No. All right. Well, uh, now that we've spent many, many hours talking about Crystal Ball, the the release, what more can we say? Some, some, some I'll conclusion. try and give this a score. Even though I didn't plan on it because it's 
not an easy thing to do. Here we go. There's, Come on, put, put both hands on it. There's some very average tracks on there, and there are some great tracks on there. But I think the the great tracks outweigh the average and less than average ones. <laughs> but not by a lot. It's 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 about sixty forty, I think. Uh, so I'm going to give this. Uh, we won't include the truth. We'll just go in on the three discs of Crystal Ball. I'm going to give it uh, six and a half. Wow. That's, um, that's the truth right there. Because, you know, the remixes, the five or six remixes, you know, that could have so easily been so much better. And it's weird, cause there's, there's, it's mostly 85, 86 tracks, and then there's 93, 94, 95 tracks. There's two live tracks, there's five or six remixes. It's, it's a bit of a hodgepodge, like we've already said. You know. So, and, and mastering, the mastering brings that down. Uh, it could have been yeah. a seven and a half. But going, you know, track selection and the very average, even bad mastering on some tracks brings it down for me. Six and a half. I, I agree. Um, I think, I don't know why, because we've reviewed it this way. How much better would it have been if it was a three disc set? One disc was 80s outtakes. Disc two was 90s outtakes. Disc three was like remixes and, and live various stuff. stuff like that. Right, yeah. Remixes and live stuff. Or just, or mean, just no remixes and just live stuff for disc three. <laughs> that would have yeah. been cool. But I mean, that would have, you know, I, I'd be pushing this to maybe up to an eight or a nine or something. But the track order just just kills it as an album yeah. because who, no one listens to these as an album, and I, I don't think it was intended to be listened to as albums. Like I said, I think it's more like Prince's kind of attempt to be a bootlegger, and I'll just throw random stuff in there, just um, like the bootleggers do. Yeah, as it, it's almost like like a joke almost. Um, so I oh, think, it's hard I to explain. Think... It's like. He's playing off that theme. It's like, you know, the bootleggers have created this sort of own, their own little art form, and he's emulating that art form of releasing just these random tracks obscurely. Uh, but yeah, uh, further to that, I don't think some of that was the intention. I think with the Crystal Ball fiasco, I think people were getting annoyed waiting for the set, and I think it was really slapped together really haphazardly yeah. towards the end. And so it sort of comes across as that. You know, you might think the intention is it's supposed to be like bootleg-like, but I think yeah. some of the planning was was not there either. Maybe that's why it's mastered so badly. It's meant to emulate how bad some of those bootlegs sound. They're all crappy, sounding and distorted. No, 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 no. You remember the Larry King interview? He was specifically asked about Crystal Ball, and he said he's take like how to beat bootleggers is to take the mixes and make the really good versions and put them out there to beat them so like but that's not what he did well in his eyes that's the way he saw it maybe these are as good as it gets from a mix point of view oh no i think i think what it is 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 the 90s stuff like the gold experience era stuff is recorded so well whereas the 80s stuff you know the technology wasn't there, and so when you mix them side by side, like it's the you know the mastering's just going to go up and down. Yeah, it's a bit jarring. Yeah, that's the way I see it. I could, still, it could have been done a lot better. Oh yeah, for sure. It could have been yeah. done perfectly, and you wouldn't even. We know this track's from '86. That's from '94. If you didn't know that, it could have been done perfectly, and you wouldn't have picked the difference between the quality or the you know the technology or whatever. Could have been done seamlessly, but it was done. The total opposite of that. Every transition Shoulda, seems woulda, so jarring and oh, not Thanks, great. Oh. <laughs> Tarjan, what do you think? I pretty much said what I think. I think as an album, it's hard to review as an album, and I don't know if I can really give it a score. Yeah. Some of my favorite songs are on there, like 
Crystal Ball, obviously. What's my name? You know, they're, they're two of my favourite Prince songs of all time. And I think most of the material is pretty strong. And a lot of, but a lot of the times you can see why they didn't make their projects. But yeah, I, I, can't, I can't really give it a score as an album, really, because I don't listen to it as an album. And we haven't even reviewed it as an album, per se. Yeah, we've reviewed era tracks. <laughs> you know, like, listening to you guys talk about the pros and cons of this release, but it got me thinking that I agree with everything that you guys are saying, pretty much. But at the same time, it's out there, right? And and for one reason or another, he put it together as he did, and he released it, and it stands up as one of the more intriguing Albums. I mean, I know when I first got this, I wasn't familiar with a good half of the songs on here, at, like at all. wasn't as in hadn't heard of them, and uh, maybe even three quarters. You know, so that part of it, that part of it was cool. Listening to it for the first time and really experiencing a lot of this music for the first time and getting to know it, like Crystal Ball itself. Just hearing it was an experience to say the least, and. You know, it is what it is, but it's an anomaly in his discography. You know, it's really the first and last time he did something like this. There, there have been rumors of Crystal Ball too. We've spoken about that, but I don't yeah, know. I voted. I voted. <laughs> what were some of the tracks that you could vote for, oh. Captain? Do you remember? I remember Extra Lovable. Okay. That off the top of my head, that's all I can remember. <laughs> well, let's not forget that. Do your dance, Shock G, Silk Remix. Oh, oh no. But Give a few of these other, like Raven to the Joy Fantastic, got released on the ne- the follow-up album. Mm. And also Splash was released not long after this. Such a good song, Splash. Mm. It's not bad. Well, see, Splash was put out as a teaser for the Roadhouse Garden album, again, which never yeah. happened. Never happened. Because yeah. Wendy and so, Lisa wanted to get paid, and he's like, oh, I'm not paying you. So he did go no, through... I think it's, it was more the fact that he loses interest in the projects. He went, he went through a stage where he was willing to release this, and now it's just, it's just dried up. It's just nuts. Like, he does things now, like, you know, a new version of In a Large Room, and, and a new version of this outtake, and a new version of that outtake. Because uh, he like, doesn't want to uh, put out the originals, because he's got to pay them. Allegedly. Yeah. A new version of Extra Lovable, you know. No, I read, I, I remember at the, no, remember at the time when someone asked him about Roadhouse Garden, he's like, ask Wendy and Lisa. That was his official answer. Hmm. When they had, like, the MPG chat room and stuff. Games and games, isn't because it? Because they wanted, they wanted their, as you would, to be paid for your work. Uh, there was, there was heaps of things. Uh, even, um, best of madhouse. That's not the That was kind of place. Yeah. That never happened. There was all sorts of things. It was all talk. Well, we don't know. Like, we don't know the full circumstances. Like, it might, that might not have been the reason. So, I think he just gets off throwing out bones. Like, he likes, yeah. you know, to tease people. Oh, yeah, we've got this album. Out. Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, don't blame me when it doesn't come out. You can blame this person for this. It's just, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, you know, that's what this whole album is. It's throwing out bones. Hide the bone. It's like, here's a bunch of tracks, you know, but I won't give you all good ones. I'll give you some average ones because, you know, you can't, we can't give you all the good tracks. I think, I think Crystal Ball as a whole is an interesting experiment, not only, not only musically, but the way it was distributed and the way he was playing around with internet sales and all that. I mean, I think he learned a big lesson with this. This particular release. Well, wasn't this the really the first album yeah. to be released online? Supposedly. And distributed, yeah. marketed, everything mm. by by him or by the artist? Yeah, but, I mean, by you a know, major I, artist, yeah. And remember him saying, you know, he made more money off this, off Supposedly. Crystal Ball, than, you know, some of his biggest albums. Supposedly. Which is allegedly. <laughs> when I hear statements like that, I think of him trying to rub it into Warner's face. 
Like I, I wonder. Like he would have made like good money out of it. But when you're saying things like he makes more money than, I mean, that may be the case. But at the same time, I, you know, I think I hear statements like that as like a f you to Warner Brothers. You know, like I don't need you. I'm making better money on my own sort of thing. Which he may have been like, who knows. But yeah, I mean, you can say something like that, but then you can't ignore the fact that you wouldn't have been able to do this without Warner Brothers' help to get you to that point where you can do that, which he did acknowledge later on. He did. At the time when he was really pissed off. Yeah, It was, you know, F Warner Brothers. And then eventually he's like, you know, they they helped me a lot. They got me where I am. And for that, I'm grateful. But the business model sucks now. That's right. Which is fair enough. But he, yeah, he did come around eventually. Are you going to score this player? It's very hard to score, I think. Yeah. Very, very hard to score. Like, it's, it, there's a few things. It's, it's hodgepodge and the mastering. They're the two main things. Yeah. That sort of, you know, it makes it difficult to score it. So yeah, I, I can't really, like you said, there's pros and cons. There's good stuff yeah. on here. There's, there's, you know, elements that bring it down as well. So I think I would have, again, like what you guys said, if it's compiled differently too, if there was separate discs, and sort of in the style that we've reviewed it, like mm. separate eighty stuff, separate ninety stuff, and remixes, would have been, and would have been a totally different. Yeah, Th- that can alter the score greatly. Just, just that sort of compilation. And it's, it's also not, it's not just because it's eighties and it's nineties, but they're, they're definitely distinct eras. Like, yeah, there's sort of a lot of stuff from the, you know, eighty three to eighty seven mm. material, and then there's a lot of stuff from ninety three to ninety six. There's basically nothing from like eighty eight. Up to ninety two. Yeah, that's that's definitely strange. Yeah. There's outside nothing. of chlorine bacon skin, there's nothing yeah. from seventy eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, see nothing that from seventy eight to eighty four or something. Yeah. See, that proves to me, I think, what I think are his, you know, the the golden eras, which is, you know, the the eighties most prolific. Entirely. Yeah, when he had not, but not just the the most amount of songs coming up, but the quality as well. Mm. I think you know, there's there's the or you can look at the big one, which is like maybe, you know, even 80, 81, 82, all the way up to 88. But specifically, I'd say, you know, 86, 87, which is where most of these outtakes are from, or even late 85. And then my second favorite golden era is 93, 94, 95. And that's the two eras that he picked as well to focus on, which, gives, makes me, which, which makes fa- me think that I'm right because he's agreed with that, you know, by putting out those two era tracks. That even he can look at, you know, sort of subjectively back at his life and say, that was a great time and that was a great time. In the middle, maybe not so much. Maybe now, not so much. I think on the sequencing front, I think um, the fans sort of like the eras and like them grouped. Whereas he probably thinks in his head, uh, I'll do it. It's kind of like a, you know, a shuffle jukebox sort of thing where you get surprised track Mm -hmm. by track by, you know, jumping around sort of different songs in different eras. Like, oh, you know, here's this song, or oh, there's this song as well. And, you know, but I think the, the fans sort of like it more chronological and sort of grouped together, whereas I think in his head he's sort of made it more sort of, like I said, like a shuffle jukebox sort of thing. I'm going to make my own version of Gold Experience with a bunch of these tracks. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to work out a sequence and it's just going to be the most killer album. It could have mm. easily been a double album, double CD, and it would have been monster. It would have just killed everyone. Ah, mm. uh, and you would have included Days of Wild and a bunch of songs that weren't on Gold or Come or on Crystal Ball, but they're still sitting in the vault. Monster, monster, monster. <laughs> and master it just a bit more quiet <laughs> than they are currently. Well, that's it. 
That is the end of Crystal Ball Fiasco. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> if you made it this far. And uh, we'll be back again. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>